All right, so we're back here on another Couch Coach Live. We're here another Tuesday night here under the lights here. Couch got our got some guests in the building. We got our guy Thad from one half of the What the Games Meeting Me podcast, uh, author ball network colleague of mine. What's going on, Thad? Nothing much, man. Appreciate you having me on third time, and I'm glad to be on. Yes, yeah, yes, indeed. <laughs> and I got, of course, my guy JB. What's going on, JB? Not much, man. Not much. Glad to be on. Um, excited to talk some hoops. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely um, so got a great show lined up for you tonight. So we'll be talking, um, recapping the Memorial Games. We'll talk about um, what can we do to stop these fans from wilding out. We'll also uh, talk about the Lakers, and then we we'll also talk about the Miami Heat as they were just eliminated um, this week. So we'll get that going. Um, before we get it started, let's kick that intro. So we're back here. So let's recap Monday's action uh, where we had uh, actually two games, which was kind of surprising for, especially for it to be a holiday. Uh, we had two games last night. We had the Wizards uh, beating the Sixers, um, Steven off elimination. Um, the Sixers still hold a 3-1 series lead. And then also uh, Utah um, defeated Memphis last night, 120 to to have a commanding 3-1 series lead. So you guys thoughts on last night's matchup. I'm gonna go to you first, JB. Your thoughts on the game last on the games last night. Uh, so um my biggest thought coming out the Sixers, uh out the Sixers which is, uh, I don't think the Sixers are in any trouble. I don't think anybody would say that they're in any trouble, but I do think it's a bit concerning what happens to Joel Embiid because I think he's very important to that team. Like I don't think that they can make the finals without Joel Embiid. And another thing that I took away from the game last night, too, is that I think that this Ben Simmons free throw situation is becoming concerning. And I think that they're probably going to have a fairly easy second round opponent because I don't think either the Knicks or the Hawks particularly match up well with them. But I think that this Ben Simmons free throw thing is going to be very concerning going to the conference finals either against the Bucks or the Nets. Um, and as for the Jazz and Grizzly, um, I think the Grizzlies uh, put up a heck of a fight in both of the games at home. Um, but unfortunately, man, they just don't have the experience to close out these games. But um, I was really impressed with like their fight and resolve because there were quite a few times last night where they could have just rolled over and died. But they uh, went toe to toe with Utah in the fourth quarter and made it a game both times in the fourth quarter, but like Utah was too much for them uh, towards the end of the game. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on the last night's games, Thad? Uh, starting off with the Wizards game, you know, they lost one game. I assumed the Wizards were going to steal a game, but I think this series is over. Like um, he said, uh, I don't think the Sixers need to sweat at all. I think this series will be closed out tomorrow whenever they play game five or game six at the most. I don't think it goes any further than that. And, um, they're gonna need Embiid, like he said, to go. Uh, I don't even see them making it to the to the finals. I'd, I'd see them getting dominated by either the Bucks or the uh, Nets if they make it without Embiid because he's their biggest, he's their best player, the best offensive player, and the offense runs through him pretty much. So, you know, nothing too much to talk about in that game. You know, I, I knew Russ; he he didn't want to go out like that. 
even though he was a very inefficient three for 19, but he got the job done and uh, they got the dub. But the Grizzlies and Jazz, man, the Jazz, I mean, the Grizzlies have shown some heart. Uh, you know, they're not going to advance, obviously, unless they come back from a 3-1 lead. But this team has some young, you know, some players that can go. Dylan Brooks, John Moran, um, Jaron Jackson stepped up the other night, and Valanciunas is a pretty good big as well. But um, it just seems like ever since, you know, the Jazz got back Donovan Mitchell, he's been the uh, game changer for them. They've won all three games. He's especially on Friday night, he came up very, very clutch in the uh, fourth quarter. So he's, you know, turned the tables for them. Um, Mike Conley only had 11 points. He had a quiet game, but he hit a big time shot to pretty much put the game away. So uh, he's done what needed to be done there. And the Jazz, even though they they start off shaky without Donovan Mitchell, they've hit, uh, hit the ground running once he came back. And the Grizzlies made it hard. They're not making it easy on them, but like he said, that experience is shown in the fourth quarter with the bad turnovers or bad shot selection. So the Jazz are just shown to be the better team. But I could see them getting upset in the uh, first round because they're going to play some teams in the next round that have a little bit more experience. They're going to be able to close out them games. So they're going to, you know, have to tighten it up and stop letting these teams come back from these big amounts, you know, in the fourth quarter, stop blowing these leads. Yeah, big time. Um, the Wizards game, it you know, it's just one of those things where, like you said, it was Russ didn't want to go out that way. You see uh, what they're doing. And, in a, in a weird thing about this all now, I feel like deja vu all over again. Doc Rivers in a 3-1 lead. <laughs> it's a little, it's a, a little kind of like a little shaky, but I think this this time will be a little bit different. Um, that B injury is kind of like it's kind of major going forward. Um, you know, as far as his effectiveness in the next round against Atlanta, I'm I'm sorry, uh, you know, <laughs> chop that audio up, but yeah, it'll it'll be, it'll be Atlanta in the second round, and then you know, probably more than likely it'll be Brooklyn. In the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, but like you said, that'll be especially he needs, you know, as far as his health going forward, because that's the only really mismatch that they have on both of those teams is Joel and B. So definitely, you hope he, you know, hope he can um, get some rest and kind of get that injury, um, kind of you know, be able to kind of maneuver through it. Uh, but yeah, the Wizards they they fought fought hard and. Of course, they had had my coach Riverboat Ron in in in, a, in in the stands, so um, that might have been somewhat of a good luck charm for him. Uh, it really did fight hard, and once again, another team that fought hard was, was the Grizzlies. They're another team where you see the promise in them. Where you look at how last year how they kind of fell short in the playing tournament, now was actually victors in this one against the Golden State team, and then you know winning Game One and series against Utah. But yeah, this series is more like this is over at this point. Like you said, uh, the experience and then not being able to finish in the fourth quarter is going to be kind of one of the things. But they will eventually um, get through it. And like most of these teams, it's ele- um, it's you know you have to go step by step. It's not going to just be uh, you know a rise that quick. But they're taking baby steps. And like you said, Dylan Brooks is another. He's a he's really has shown like hey more than just you know than what he was. But definitely um, Dylan Brooks, he's doing his thing. John Morant, Jaron Jackson, he's, you know, back to pretty much almost 100%, pretty much 100% um, effective. And like you said, the Donovan Mitchell was the difference. You know, him coming back after that injury, they, they haven't lost ever since, and they've just been shooting lights out. So, yeah, man, so definitely interesting, interesting Memorial Day games, um, to say the least. But um, so, fellas, let's talk about uh, these, in, <laughs> these NBA fans, which I just – I don't know what the world is going on. So we had a few incidents um, starting 
Trey Young where he got spat on. Um, also the popcorn throw in Philadelphia for us. Then also the uh, water bottle incident with Kyrie Irving on Sunday. And then yesterday's game in the Wizards in the Sixers game where a fan ran onto the court trying to touch the backboard and pretty much got got tackled. So, fellas, yeah. your thoughts on just these NF, um these uh, fans going wild and just the, the thoughts on it and then what can what um as far as how can we remedy the the, uh, the solution? I'm gonna go with you first. There, your thoughts. You know, uh, they're all out of pocket. The last one, we don't need to talk too much about it. We've seen fans run on the court or the football field all the time. He didn't try to hurt anybody, just trying to, I guess, you know, be on TV or whatever it is. That one wasn't that bad, but the other three are just egregious. I don't, I really don't have a solution. I don't know what it's going to take. I've heard some people say I kind of agree with it. You know, one time it wouldn't hurt. I know a lot of people might not agree with me, but I think we might need to have a Malice in the Palace part two. Just you know, just to let these fans know that this is not this is not a fairy tale. Like somebody, if, if this were to happen, this is something you would do on the streets, and this would be the result if you did it on the streets. So uh, I just feel like they, I, I don't know, you know, you can try to scare them. Like you see the guy in Boston got charges pressed against him; he was in jail, felony charges. They'll scare him a little bit, but there's always that one person that's going to feel bold enough to, you know. Uh, do something crazy like that. I really don't know a solution, but it, it's getting out of hand. I know fans are antsy to get back in the stands after not having them last year because the bubble was okay, but, you know, seeing fans back in the stands, it just makes everything feel a little bit realer. But I don't know, man. They're out of they're out of pocket. They, they really are. I really don't know a solution besides somebody, you know, running up in the stands and handling, handling their business one time, but I just, you know, I don't know the correct resolution what's going to change it because these fines – it can only do so much. Man, no problem. Your thoughts, JB? Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to go back. I think that – I don't think there's really a solution to it. And I think this goes back to what he what he alluded to, like the malice in the palace. I think that God rest his soul, but I think that David Stern made a lot of mistakes in his decision. Like, me and my friend were talking about this, and we talked about this, like, you know, years later. Like, maybe we had this conversation about three years ago, but, like – I think that there's no way in the world that those players should have gotten suspended for that long. When you look at what happened, you look at the circumstances of what happened, of how stuff was thrown at them and how fans were actually getting physical with them and stuff like that. I think that David Stern's decision to suspend Metal World Peace, Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, and those guys, I think actually that decision empowered fans. It made fans believe that I can do whatever I want to and the players can't do anything to me. And, you know, like um, dad just mentioned, like, you know, tell me what other job you can go to a person. You can actually excuse my language, but you can fuck with the person and nothing happens to you. Nothing else. Like if you went to another person's job and you were messing with them, in the office, the person beat you up. You will be the one who would get in trouble. You will probably be the one that get arrested. And the person who actually you know, did physical violence against you would actually not get in any trouble. But in the NBA, in the NFL, and in these other things, these fans can basically do whatever they want to do and not face any consequences. And I, I unfortunately, I think that the malice in the palace actually set the precedent where these fans think that they're basically untouchable. You know, you can say whatever you, you can say whatever you want to, but there are going to be consequences. You can throw something, but there are going to be consequences. And I, 
I don't know a solution to it. What I would say is that instead of banning these people for one or two years, I think there need to be lifetime bans. And not just for that arena. You need to be banned from going to any, like if you do something crazy at an NBA game, you can't go to any more NBA games. You need to just be on a blacklist, like, think, and not go to any uh, more games. Yeah, yeah, I, and I can understand your point too. Where and the thing about and kind of the, kind of wrapping around with the Miles and Palace, you're right because at the end of the day, when, how it all really started was somebody threw Bill on Ron Artest at at that time. So obviously, your first inkling is like, okay, somebody just did this. My first instinct to fight, and like you said. This is the only place in, in most places where if you had that again, guess what's going to happen? Like, you know, as far as how to have that same type of incident happen again where the player reacts, he's going to be the one that's going to be negatively affected more so than the person. You're going to forget the person who threw the beer because that's how this is how it is. You're going to forget. Yeah. You know, sped on Trey Young or threw the water bottle if they would have fought back. But my biggest thing. And I like what Boston did. They charged that guy with that water bottle. I think if you throw something in the throw throw something from the stands, you need to be charged because I understand like the lifetime bans and all. But in the same token, that's just like if I get this, I'm just gonna just be devil's advocate. So say for instance, if I got thrown out of a game, and say for instance, I got a lifetime ban, what I'm gonna do? All I'm gonna do is hey, Thad, JB. It's get buy, buy a ticket for me and I pay you right back. Mm-hmm. Like how stringent how stringent is this ban? Granted, I may not have I may not buy it with my name, but I could surely get a friend or somebody to buy a ticket for me in that arena again. Yes. I'm just I'm curious, and now my thing is, and the thing with MSG, I think MSG should have pressed charges. I should, that's one of the things where I didn't. I, I commend Trey Young for not, um, for not, you know, what he was doing as far as just taking it on the chin. But I don't think it should be Trey's responsibility to see if if charges need to be pressed. I think MSG should have been responsible for pressing charges for this person. I think when you do, because th- this is your venue. This is your venue. It shouldn't be up to the victim if you want to press charges or not. You, this is the venue that that you that you are in. So that was my my biggest thing is these guys gonna have to get charged like the water bottle thing and I kept people and people kept on justifying this was well, the water bottle no that top of that that top of that water bottle could have blinded Ky- Kyrie Irving that could have hit him upside or, the head yeah, it could have done anything to him he, he could have ended up having uh, if it hits him upside the head he might end up right. having to get stitches yeah no 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 right. no 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 it's yeah, not, right. when you start when you start throwing something from that far away and suppose he doesn't hit Kyrie Irving suppose he hits like you know a security guard suppose he exactly. hits another fan and, you know it's 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 a safety issue and you know like um I agree with you with the Trey Young situation like MSG should have pressed charges against the fan not. Oh, it's up to Trey Young, whatever. Like the minute you spit on another person, like you know, and in the middle of a goddamn pandemic too, and you know, right. I'm not sure if Trey Young is vaccinated or not, but spitting on another, you know, right. human being is one of the most disgusting things you can do. We're in the middle exactly. of a pandemic, and you know, you don't know where the person has been, um, and that could, you know, that could cause another outbreak of like a, a, a virus or something like that. You spitting on a person, you you don't know. So, and you know what? What I find crazy about all this is. How lucky he and see that's what like and, and I tell you one thing. What's so crazy about that incident with Trey Young? You know how 
just a hidden 50 cent girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if, if it would have landed on her, oh, 50 would have beat the mess out of that dude. See, but, oh, yeah. but he but he knew he he knew like he because he knew Trey couldn't do it. And you know, as far as that, it's almost like to me, it feels like like the internet, where it's like people, you know, they these you know, green eggs, they go after like Kevin Durant. And then he the one that looked like all the aggressive. He looked like he's crazy for responding to something stupid like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really think at this point because that's the only way I think you can legislate or not legislate of ending these type of con, con these incidents. You have to start. You have to start. These arenas going to have to really like start pressing charges on these guys because the bands. I don't think that's going to work because. How the security and all these people gonna always be debriefed every time, every game? Make sure you don't watch out for this particular person. It's kind of hard to monitor that type of situation. And like, and even going back to the the you know the mouth of the palace thing, where it's just like, I I also thought about that too, where it's just like, God, if Trey Young could get like a swing on him, like in the alleyway or something, but still, didn't that person? You know, they're still going to add clout to that person because, oh, well, he hit me. I'm going to have an assault charge this day and the third. So it's just more so they, I think the biggest thing is because because whatever these, you know, these fans, they really here for clout. It's for clout. They're only doing this because, hey, I'm on I'm on SportsCenter. I'm on TNT. I'm on this day and the third. They're going to talk about me the next morning. I'm going to overshadow the actual game itself by me being like, you think about like the incident with Kyrie Irving the other night. That was the main story yesterday on every sports network. And when the same situation with Trey, the next night, I mean the next morning, it was the biggest story. And I like it. And that's what it boils down to. Once we stop giving these people attention and start, you know, and start charging these people. That's the only way I think it's gonna. It's, that's the only way this stuff is gonna stop because we just live in a world now where clout is everything, and it's a shame. It's definitely a shame. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm just hoping we don't have any more. Well, I know it's bad, we're bound to have some more, but just you know, to a point where just I just don't want nobody to get hurt. Because yeah, like man. JB point where somebody could be walking right next to Kyrie who was shorter. Then mm-hmm. Kyrie and could have really got because he was like a few inches away, and if he would have had somebody to his right, and may have been like maybe a three, like you know maybe about a few inches shorter than him, that would hit him right in the eye. Oh yeah. So yeah. You got to think about a water bottle coming from that far too. There was probably water in it. it probably was gaining momentum on the way down. And all that. So it could have right. done some damage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Think by, by far, hmm? the worst thing for me is the spin. Yeah. You, oh yeah. If anybody spits on you, you know what's gonna you know what's gonna happen. As a man, even if right. you take disrespect or not, I don't think you're gonna let anybody spit on you. So right. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. God forbid they would have did that to the wrong player too that didn't care, like didn't care yeah. about losing anything. Right. Yeah. Or even no. to like I said, yeah, even like with 50, 50 was he was inches away from me. Like especially his girl, well, you know, the lady he was with. And you know, well, I think this is girlfriend. It's here or there, but she was very, very close to getting to, to getting that. You saw her reaction, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I knew because it's like, you know, why? You know, what's going on with that? Yeah, yeah, man. But like you said, it's it's yeah, it's getting out of hand. 
And that's another thing, too. And, and these these fans got to realize this stuff is a privilege. Like, mm-hmm. going to these games, like, and you would definitely would have thought, especially after last year where they canceled, you know, we, you know, we couldn't go to games and, you know, we sit, you know, sitting watching these games at home. Like, and then you have an opportunity to go to these games after a year and a half, and then you become then you're a jack, then you become a jackass and do something stupid like these things that has happened. Yep. Yeah. Just it's dumb. But yeah, man. So fellas, let's talk about the LA Lakers. So um, obviously uh the Lakers did lose four. Um, also in that game, AD went down with a groin injury and, uh, he's questionable for tonight's game, game five, which more likely he's probably not going to play. And even if he does play, he's not going to be effective at all. That groin injury looked very severe on Sunday. So the biggest question, Mark, biggest question, are the Lakers done? I'm going to go with you. So... Are the Lakers done? Uh, it's not looking good. I don't want to say that they're done because they're the champs, and you know, you, you know that that the old saying "it's not over until the fat lady sings." But I think that there are some things that are concerning. And if our resident, you know, LeBron fan was on right now, he would probably be rolling <laughs> his eyes at about what I was about to say. But like, let's go back. Let's look at what happened in the bubble last year. All right. What happened before the NBA playoffs? The pandemic happened. The yeah. pandemic happened. Here's the thing. And when you say this, people will get mad and they'll say, oh, you're trying to take this away from LeBron. You're trying. No, nobody is. LeBron is 36 years old. The pandemic actually helped the Lakers last year. It did. Think about it. They got four and a half months off. So basically when they got back into the bubble, you had a fresh LeBron James and you had a fresh Anthony Davis. It was like almost like they had an entire offseason or whatever. And on top of that, let's throw this out there too. They were the team that benefited the most from injuries last year in the bubble. You look at the fact with Dane Lillard missing the last game of the half of that series. You look at the fact Russell Westbrook was coming off of a knee surgery. Um, Daniel House basically got kicked out the bubble for like letting a person into uh, the hotel. Uh, you look at the fact that uh, Gary Harris and and Will Barden, well, Will Barden didn't even play in the bubble, and Gary Harris wasn't himself. And then you look at the finals. Bam Adebayo and uh, Goran Dragic, they get hurt in game one or whatever. So the Lakers benefited a lot last year. Now, am I saying that it was a cheap championship, though. No, they won a championship fair and square, but they benefited from a lot. Of everything, for you to win a championship, man, a lot of stuff has to break your way. Like, look at the Warriors. 2018, Chris Paul gets hurt. If Chris Paul probably stays healthy in that series, KD probably is only with one championship during his stay in Golden State. Um, you, you look... A lot of things have to break right for you to win a championship. And do I do I think that they're done? No, I, I don't think that they're done. But things, I think that on a scale of one to ten, I think that you have to say the concern level is a seven and a half or an eight because Chris Paul actually looked kind of healthy last game. And you can make a legitimate argument if Chris Paul doesn't get that stinker, man. The Suns are probably up three one right now, looking to close them out right now. Big time. Yeah. Um, Dad, what you got? Uh, you know, I'm a 
I'm a Magic fan, but I'm also a LeBron fan, so I, I really, really want the Lakers to win. But without AD, there's no shot. You know, without AD, they can – if his injury is long-term, like three or four weeks, I think they're done. But I think they can get out of this series unless CP3 shows tonight that he's above 85%. Because, you know, game two and game three, he was – I wouldn't call him a liability, but he kind of was on the offensive end. He couldn't really do much. Couldn't even pass the ball properly how he wanted to. But, yeah. uh, you know – I think the Lakers have they can get out of this series. I think LeBron can do enough and get some a little bit of help. But any further, no. Who would they end up playing in the next round? Would they be playing? Uh, they, no, no, they would probably they, they would they would they would they would play the winner of the Denver of the Denver Utah. And which by the way, like uh Denver Portland, they probably maybe could get out of that too, but maybe I think they could get Denver. I don't know. It's 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 tough. I just I don't know. LeBron's just not getting enough help. If he was, you know, if this was three years ago when he was in Cleveland, I'd say that they'd still be fine. But, you know, Kuz, I don't know what's going on with Kuz. They're not where he thought he was going to be. KCP has been injured. Uh, Wesley Matthews hasn't played like that. THT hasn't played like that. Montrezl Harrell has been DNP for the last two to three games. I understand that because he's clogging up the lane, but it's just – He's not getting a lot of help from anybody. Schroeder, you, you think they get more out of Schroeder too? The Hawks and for the Thunder, he was he was a bucket getter, and yeah. that's what they need. And sometimes he can't create on his own, which which I hate it. But and I don't want to sound like LeBron needs help, but he's you know Father Tom's catching up to him. He's I can actually see him getting older for once. You know he's he's not as quick. He can't. He's not not as explosive. So he has to depend on other people, and I just feel like he won't get the help he needs. And without AD, there's there's no shot. But, you know, I never give up on LeBron. You know, maybe he he won't be as passive tonight and be more aggressive because he hasn't been as aggressive as usual. So if he can do that and those guys can hit those open shots, so he's going to find them. Uh, I think they'll do enough to get out of this series, but I don't see them uh, making it back to the final, sadly. And with the way the Clippers are looking, uh, that they looked over this weekend, I think they're back in a driver's seat for the favorites to come out of the West if they can uh, – Close out this series, rest the maps. Yeah, that's the thing. They just they just got to get it together, and that's one thing yeah. too. Like, yeah, the, the other that, that's another story on itself with the Clippers. But um, now as far as the Lakers, are they done? As far as to me, championship wise, I don't think they're gonna repeat. That's I think at this point, um, this injury with AD is at this very serious. Um, tonight is a pivotal game for them. Like to me, I think if the Lakers win tonight. They're gonna win this series. I think whoever win tonight is gonna win this series, honestly. Because I, I can see AD not playing tonight and then in game six playing and then forcing a game seven. And game seven is a crapshoot. And I mean, if I'm at a game seven, LeBron James on the road, even though he is a, he's he's slightly older, <laughs> you know. So um yeah, Lakers are done as far as a as a ever repeat champion. I can see them maybe going in the second round potentially. Like you said, probably it depends on Portland Denver because that series now is um, tied up. It'll be another potential banana boat uh, series, <laughs> or <if laughs> other fellow banana boat, but it with uh, with Chris Paul and then maybe Carmelo as well um, in the second round potentially. But I just think, like you said, this team without AD effectively is uh, is it's crushing. Um, and then especially with that growing, I don't really think he's gonna be able to kind of be as effective and aggressive. 
Because you think about, I think last time he was really aggressive was like maybe like game two, not a game two, but like game three ish, like right around that, right around that time period. Yeah. And, and, and Chris, the thing is, is with AD as well, man. It's not yeah. only that his groin is hurting him, but it's his knee that's hurting him, man. You yeah. have to realize, man, you have to kind of question. He's not healthy, man. And you, when you're not healthy, you kind of compensate other parts of your body. And then that's how you end up. That's how, and that's how you, and that's how you end up getting hurt even more or whatever. And I think that even if he was to play the biggest thing that Anthony Davis does, he's their best shooter. Like he's legitimately, you have to say he's their best shooter, but what he brings defensively as a rum protector, man, like um, without him, man, like, and you know, with Roy, man, you're not going to be able to move well laterally or whatever. I mean, I don't think that Cleveland is going to be afraid to like drive against them, man. And I think that, you know, already the other issue, uh, him not being in the lineup is going to cause too. With him being their best shooter, spacing is going to be a huge issue as well, yeah. man. Like, and I think the best thing Vogel can do tonight, if AD cannot play, man, I think that he needs to swap out Drummond and play Gasol, man. Because at least with Gasol, Gasol is a threat on the perimeter. He can hit shots. And I also don't think – why are you playing Drummond over Gasol, man? Like, what's what, what's exactly. the upside? I mean, Dr- Drummond's not a good defender. I mean, even though Gasol's not what he was back when he was at Memphis, I mean, Gasol's still a plus defender. Exactly. He's better than Drummond is. I mean, and he's a better offensive player than Drummond is as well, too, as far as I'm concerned, because Drummond doesn't have good hands. I mean, and he's not good at the rim. He misses a lot of shots at the rim. So I, I don't understand what this whole play Drummond thing is. I don't get it, man. I, I really don't. Yeah, I know, and that's one, and that's one thing too. Where, like you said, because Gasol is good, he's good for this series. Well, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely that's what they need, especially when you got you know Aiden out there. You definitely yeah. need need a uh, you know need a rim protector. And I think, yeah. and then the biggest question mark is like, can they hit their threes? Like, because they get a lot of open looks at threes, which they've connected what like thirty something percent in this series. Where it's just like. I mean, they give you clean looks. Go for them. I mean, well, connect on them. That's so go for them, but connect on them. And then just like the role players, I think, you know, um, the biggest one that really got to step up is Cal Kuzma. Like, he's going to start tonight, I think, if AD's not playing. So. Yeah, yeah, man. He's got to have a game. And that's one thing, too, where <laughs> it's just like, you know, we don't want to kind of pallet on LeBron, but this, this, you know, the, this, you know, the role players got to step up in this matchup. When these oh, next, this next best, best, you know, best out of three series now at like, this point. If I'm not saying these are the same guys, but if LeBron can get the help and his guys to make shots, how Luca was getting um, Finney Smith and uh, Hardaway Jr. to hit the shots in the first two games of the series, like be a whole different ball game, but. I just I don't understand all these players, like they're on other teams, they're hitting shots, but as soon as they come to play with LeBron, it's like they're a completely different player. I don't know if it's the pressure or what it is, but I think I I, I think I think that it I the the biggest thing that I think, man, because I've often wondered that too. I think it's just that it's a different game, and I think that when you're with LeBron, man, you're probably not gonna get that many opportunities. And then I think that sometimes these players they 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 put pressure on themselves. Like, well, I'm getting these open shots. I need to make them. And I don't think they're playing as loose as they are when they're playing with other people. I think that's one of the issues. Um, but um, 
you know, I, I think last year in the bubble, man, I, I think that like a lot of people read too much into that. It was not a normal playoffs. You weren't on the road. You weren't dealing with like these crazy fans. You weren't dealing with your home fans either. The disappointment when you miss these open shots. And I think it was basically like last year, the NBA playoffs was like playing at a university bill house, man. <laughs> it was like playing at a university bill house. And Certainly. yeah, it, it, it was the playoffs, man. Yeah. But like, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the same. And that's the thing that I took away last year from the playoffs. Yeah. And to your point too, where, and I think we've always talked about this at nauseum, where there's a point where, you know, at the end of the day, the, the onus is going to be on you, uh-huh. you know, versus like you said, if you had like a, like if the Mavericks lost and Dorian Finney-Smith misses a game, winning shot or whatever, they necessarily ain't going to blame him per se. But we know with the Lakers situation and what happens, it's going to fall on you. Because, like, I remember in game five of the NBA Finals last year, they was killing Danny Green for missing that shot. So, I mean, like you said, it's just a difference. Like you said, it's, it's more like a pressure. And you know that pretty much if you don't hit this shot, you can hear it from the media. You can hear it from everybody in Lakerland. You can hear it from everywhere. It's in this impression. Like even now, with now you thinking about it as far as pressure, even with now it's even more amplified because of the Lakers. So yeah, I definitely agree. You know, as far as that is concerned, and yeah, like the bubble was, it was weird because, like you said, it was a situation where it was like, it, like you said, it was like it was a tournament. It was like an AU tournament in essence, where you really didn't have no distractions. Well, that's when we seen basketball because, I mean, what can you do? I mean, all you're really doing is sitting in your room eating, you know, and doing what you got to do. So that's all. That was really the main focus versus. I'm not saying now there's a difference, but there are certain things you can do things now, especially now that we're out and about, you know, um, they can go out, have dinner, do this, have family over, this and there, have, have different things. So the the focus is not as, as how it is, you know, when, in the, at the bubble where you just ball, you know, you yep. just ball in the bubble, which, and that makes a great segue. So let's talk about, um, LA's um, <laughs> the team they beat last year in the NBA Finals of uh, the Miami Heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the Miami Heat uh, was just eliminated uh, this weekend to the Milwaukee Bucks in a sweep. So, fellas, your thoughts on the Heat? What's next for the Heat? Um, what should they do? Should they rebuild or just build on what they got? I'm gonna go with you first, Dad. Your thoughts on um, the Heat? First off, on the season, you know they. It, the series was weird because I remember their game one kicked off the NBA playoffs and it went to OT. It was a great game. And then after that, it was like, I don't know if uh, Milwaukee found the blueprint or what, but it was they, they dominated them for the next three games. So it was a sad end to the season. You know, I know I will give them a little break, just like I'm giving the Lakers a little break. They had a shorter offseason than everybody. So maybe, you know, people weren't in the best shape. They were uh, bodies were still trying to recover and stuff like that. But. It was a pretty disappointing performance and disappointing way for them to go out after making the finals. Uh, but it's I don't know where they should go. In my opinion, I feel like they should build on what they have because they have some besides Jimmy Butler, they have some okay young pieces. Um Bam's good. Ola Depot, if he can stay healthy and they resign him, uh, I think he can be a solid piece. Tyler Hero struggled outside of the bubble, but he can, you know, 
I think he has time. He's a young guy. So after one down season, you can't really write him off completely. And Duncan Robinson is a sniper, so you can build around him as well. But I just – I don't think they should blow the whole thing up. I think they hit, Pat Riley has a plan in motion, even though it may not look like that. And uh, I'm pretty sure they have the money to sign a max player. So, uh, you know, potentially they could add somebody. But blowing the whole thing up, I, I wouldn't do that. The only questionable decision I would say they made was when they were talking about uh, trading for James Harden and saying they wouldn't include Tyler Hero. And I know looking back at that, they I think they wish they would have included him. I, I, I'm not saying they gave up on him, but, you know, um, James Harden or Tyler Hero in the playoffs. So, you know, James Harden had some bad moments, I think. They made some questionable decisions, but I think Pat Riley will have a plan of motion they will build on the team. I, I don't think you blow it up. Especially after a short offseason, after making the finals, I think you just, you know, give everybody some time to get relaxed, get healthy, get their minds right for next season and uh, attack attack the offseason and be better. Um, just build on what they have because I – it's not as bad as you think. Uh, Kendrick Nunn as well, and they have some young pieces that might be developing and might break out next season, so you never know. Yeah. JB, what you got? Uh, and I think this is what's going to be really interesting, man. What do you do? Like, Because uh, I agree with that. I, I don't think that you blow things up. They had a short offseason, and like, they were a team, they got wrecked by COVID. Like, I mean, if they don't get wrecked by COVID, they probably end up in a better situation maybe they're the one playing the hawks or they're the one playing the knicks and they get to go against philadelphia the next round which i think they matched up much better against philadelphia than they did against either brooklyn or against milwaukee um i'm just gonna throw this out there man there's a legitimate chance that uh all four of the teams that made the conference finals are done at the end of the first round. So you look uh, in the West, like the Lakers and the Nuggets made the conference finals. There's a chance that both of them get knocked out in the first round. And, you know, the Heat are already gone and uh, Boston's on life support. I don't know what the score of the game is right now, but like I don't have any confidence that they're going to that they're going to be Brooklyn. Yeah, at this, uh, they, they up by they up by five. Who? So so. Might want to this this situation where you might want to sign the papers and do not resuscitate yeah. at this point. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um. Now I I think of this year. I think that some of the decisions that they made in the offseason kind of backfired on them. Um, one person I think that they really missed from their team last year, I think that they really missed Jay Crowder. I think yep. Jay Crowder allowed them to be a lot more flexible. They were able to do different things. And um, a person, they missed Jay Crowder in the series against Milwaukee. They didn't have him last year. Um, and another person, people are going to laugh at this, but they missed Kelly Olenek too. Kelly Olenek yep. killed he killed the Bucks last year. I think it was something ridiculous. Like Kelly Olenek, I think in that series uh against the Bucks last year, I think he played like 55 or 60 minutes and he was something like a plus 50 in that time. Like he actually he spread the floor out and everything like that and the Bucks really couldn't do anything with him um because you know I like Brooke Lopez as a defender, but he's a bit stubborn. He doesn't like to get out on the perimeter. And the Heat just didn't have that guy that could, like, stretch yeah. Brooke Lopez away from the basket. So I don't think that you blow things up. I think that you just go back into next season. Hopefully 
you know, COVID is more under control and you don't have to like deal with a situation where you're missing a lot of your players next year. You just run it back, man. I, I think that you run it back in like um, dad mentioned, they do have cap space to sign like a, a max free agent. So I, I think that's, that's what you do. I think that you, you bring back your young core, you, you try to make some changes here and there. Yeah. But nothing yeah. but nothing major. Yeah, and I think you really can't really do nothing major, I think, in my personal opinion, because you just look at the trade value, like you get rid of Tyler Hero, what are you gonna get for him at this point? Yeah. You're not gonna get much from him. And I think the difference between the Miami and Milwaukee series this year versus last year, Milwaukee improved dramatically. Like, you know, they, they got like we talked about it last week where they actually got heat check kind of guys. You look at PJ Tucker. You look at your your boy Drew Holiday. My bad, JB, but your, your boy Drew. And um, he, and this team has improved. And and you look at Miami, like you said, you mentioned earlier. I mean, you they all those guys that you, that you mentioned, Kelly Olynyk, who was you know um, balling, uh, Jay Crowder. Um, they those are the guys that you miss, and then essentially you replace them with. Basically, Andre Iguodala, <laughs> and you know, so and you look at just that that team, and then um, and then also it's just other. They just didn't really didn't improve off of last year. I mean, they kind of, you know, it it was it it was more so of subtraction more than addition. When mm-hmm. you look at what kind of their their returns on on this team, like you said, it was another short year. Um, and also, like you said, the COVID stoppage, they, you know, they, because Jimmy missed a considerable amount of time in the beginning. Sure, yeah. He kind of got back into his groove. And like you said, and them finished seventh, it's not like the end of the world, but I definitely think that this team, they can definitely improve, get some more role players and kind of get some, you know, some toughness in there, kind of replace those, um, that, that type of, um, that their role players really more so than anything, I think they need to improve. And then, like I said, the, the health of Victor Oladipo is crucial. And yeah. it's almost like the history that we've seen of Victor Oladipo, it may, you know, it, he may not, you know, as far as his health wise, cause it's always something with Victor Oladipo, unfortunately. And, but you're hoping that maybe, you know, everything will go good with him this year. Because they say he'll be able to probably um, he'll be at least contact drills by November, so that's imp- that's imp- that's promising going into the year where you know you could potentially have him, um, you know, for the first you know you could, you could have him at the beginning of the season versus what we thought initially maybe you know maybe going into the next year. But um, I think the health of Victor Oladipo is definitely going to be crucial. He'll definitely be another guy that can help. And you really, and there's really no tradable assets. Not at the moment, especially at this moment. Yeah. And maybe you strike it rich with Kawhi. Maybe things don't go right in LA for him. The, the, the king of L, the the new king of LA maybe don't want to, um, you know, stay in Clipperland. That could be yeah. a potential landing spot for him. But um, yeah, I don't think you. This team, you don't. I don't think you. It's time to rebuild this team. This team just went to the NBA Finals. Last year, and they just had a, a rough go at it. And like you said, this we we talk about the Lakers having a, a short layoff. This team the same way. Same way, yeah. They so, yeah, they both have I mean, yeah. yeah. So and to, it's just a one off. And you're gonna have bad seasons from time to time. You're gonna have well, I don't even really consider this being a bad season per se. Still made the playoffs. Mm. It's, you still made the playoffs. 
despite yeah, you were six, everything. You, 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 you were the six. You were the six yeah. seed. Yeah, and you had a lot of people in and out of the lineup. And like you know, yeah. I think um, I, I think that we. I think that the worst thing teams can do this year is overreact. I think another team, um, Boston, um, yep. we're pro- I don't think that they really should overreact to what happened to them this year because they missed a lot of people were in and out of the lineup the whole year. So, I mean, like, I, I think that the worst thing a team can do is just, like, panic based off of something your year not going well. I think that's the worst thing right. that you can do. So, I think you just – Take a week. You just review everything. and You try to make your team better. But yeah, I don't think Miami should like maybe make any wholesale like changes or anything like that. <laughs> and the funny thing about Miami this year, they almost had a run similar to last year because remember, this team was another one that was outside the playoff picture right around All Star Weekend. This and the third, and then they came back and kind of um, rose from you know froze from the ashes of the Eastern Conference basement this year. So that's another thing where you look at well. They, you know, just still was still was a good team despite because they really could have packed it in to say, hey, you know, just fall into eleven spot or you know, or, or going to the play in. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, um, I definitely see this team as it's still a the future still bright for this team, and that's the good that's the beautiful thing about it where you still got and that's, and I like how their team has that that nice mix of youth and experience. So that's a you know that's a good thing for them going forward. But though, and I was I was you know the whole thing with the James Harden trade that that was I still think about that as far as like you know. But hey, it is what it is. He went end up going to Brooklyn. You can't really you know think about uh, something that could have happened, but um, it didn't happen. So yeah, I definitely think there'll be a definitely be um, still could. In the Eastern Conference going forward for the next few years or so. But, yeah. Yeah, I think real quick before we go, you guys were talking about the free agents and stuff. Like, as you notice, a lot of people, I don't know what it is, but they like playing with Jimmy Butler, so he could attract free agents. You know, guys always talking about coming to Miami to play, potentially play with him. So, True. you know, I think, you know, Pat Riley, Eric Spolster is a good coach. I think players have gained, like, they've gained respect for him. So, you know, there's nothing – you're in Miami too. Good culture, good organization. So, you know, why not help them win if you're a pending free agent? So, and and another thing, another reason why I wouldn't worry too much. Like, if you look at it, Miami has been very good at player development too. So, uh, a guy like Pre- Precious Achiwawa. Yeah, I, I don't know yeah. how to pronounce his name. I, yeah. I look for him to maybe in a few years for him to be a big time contributor for them. So, you know, like they're very good. At, because if you look at what, what Baum was, like his first year to what Baum was last year in their yeah. finals run, his player development was amazing, man. So, like, I, I definitely think um, I wouldn't worry too much about Miami. I think that they're in good hands. Yeah. And they got a full offseason. That's another thing, too, yeah. where. That that matters, your body, if, you, if you don't give your body time to recover, it will break down on you. So, right. yeah, I don't know what people I know some casual sports fans that don't really know that what goes into the, uh, you know, the offseason grind and stuff. But that matters if you don't put if you don't put the work in and take care of your body, it will show up. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, because you think about it. I mean, the finals was over what October the 11th and then it's they had to play, you know, December the 22nd. And I'm. And that's why, like, I like people justifying that. It, it it was like, really, like that is no time to get ready for another NBA season for another long NBA season. And you got to think, well, this is even worse because you think about it. 
you got a seventy-two game season. You 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 really can you really cramped in seventy-two games. Basically, the season normally would start in October. So you so basically, you you two months, ten less games. So yeah, what like that's another thing. I was like, that's that's not a good thing going forward too, because you're like. If you're gonna cram this season in from December to May, and I'm like, you're not giving these guys adequate time, but, but yeah, like you said, it, it, you need they needed that proper rest, and especially considering the fact of them being three months in a bubble. That's another thing too, where people don't realize that too, where that bubble, it made for great basketball, but I knew it was probably hell on them. No, that's hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, it was it was no doubt it was great basketball, but that's tough. Like you got to think, pretty much being in a hotel room for three months can't go nowhere. Mm. Yeah, man, it's yeah. tough. But I, I think that he will be fine. You know, they have all the right. Th- if the organization wasn't in good hands, they didn't have a good coach. I'd worry, but all those things are taken care of. They just need to find the players to get the job done. They'll be coached up and developed the right way. So it's not Pat Riley knows what he's doing. I don't think he I don't even think he's even considering blowing this whole thing up. Knowing they were a couple games away just about what six, seven months ago. So yeah. 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 So let's put a bow in this week's Couch Coach Live, fellas. I'm gonna go around the horn, final thoughts and social media. Dad, I'm gonna go with you first. Uh, you know, once again, third time having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, can't wait till we get to uh, to the end of this summer so we can start talking some football as well, the Washington football team and the Jaguars and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. you can find me on what the game means to me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, me and Jelani are some two young guns uh, trying to get this podcast stuff right. We're going to uh, continue to keep getting better. So, y'all, you know, follow us and uh, we'll be coming to you with more content and you guys will be seeing me on here as well. Future. Yeah, appreciate you again too. And no problem, Dad. Yeah. JB. Uh, not much, man. It was a great show, man. It was enjoyed talking hoops with you fellows today, man. Um, I'm still on a social media. <laughs> I'm still on a social media hiatus. Has yeah. I've been have been on one for the past like four plus months. But I do think the next time we have a show, I will have an Instagram. So. Okay. Next yeah. time, I'll have an Instagram properly. So, <laughs> right. yeah, and like you said, that yeah, we're, we're 100 days away from the start of the, se- of the NFL season, so we're here and definitely um, looking forward. Like you said, as far as providing the, the, doing content for the network and also here for Couch Coach Live, man, it's going to be definitely a fun season. And of course, following your Jags, that um, a lot. Tim Tebow, you to follow this year. Did, so. did you get your Tim Tebow jersey? Or, nah, did, or was it sold out before you got there? No, nah, I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even but talked yeah. about how I feel about that, but we'll we'll get to that. I don't think he'll be on the team by the time we talk about it, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, I I'll try to have you on before training camp, so put a little bet on that. No. Ain't going to do you like that, fam. But, um, yeah. So, uh, follow the podcast. Um, anyway, you get your podcast, Face, um, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, anywhere you get your podcast, we're there. Also, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, also, TikTok, Couch Coach Live. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. We'll um, 
That's been this week's Couch Coach Live, man. We'll catch you next week.